Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F. and I am a recovery compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2018, the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We're on page 22, second paragraph, which starts with why does he behave like this? And we're going to read through three paragraphs ending with we'll abundantly confirm this. Today's readers are Amanda R. on the 12 Steps, uh, Penny L.C. on the 12 Traditions, and readers of the text are John K., Carrie S., and Penny L.C. again. The share ID for Tuesday's January 30th, 10 a.m. meeting is uh, 10,983-10983, and the share ID for this morning's meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, Wednesday, January 31st, is 10986-10986. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group that has, has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, at a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, it's Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maine. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, guys. I pass. Thanks, Amanda R. I will now ask Penny Elsie to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you, Sylvia. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Penny Elsie. And I uh, omitted... The newcomer greeter today is Melanie C. And uh, if you stick around for when the recording is off, we greet newcomers and we announce sponsors and we have announcements. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except for the speakers, should be muted. And if you're going too long, I will uh, give you a gentle reminder and tell you it's time. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 22. We're on the second paragraph. Why does he behave like this? We'll read through three paragraphs, ending with the sentence, will abundantly confirm this. And I will now ask John Kay to do that reading and share. Thank you, Sylvia. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another debacle with all of its intended suffering and humiliation, why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he sometimes displays with respect to other matters? Perhaps there will never be a full answer to these questions. Opinions vary considerably as to why the alcoholic reacts differently to normal people. We are not sure why. 
Once a certain point is reached, little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, as he may do for, many, uh, for months and years, he reacts much like other men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, in his system, into his system, something happens, both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. And boy, do I understand this. <laughs> um, that line, if, if hundreds of experiences show him that one drink means another tobacco, why does he take that one drink? Well, it's the physical allergy. You know, and the thing is, uh, you know, this was groundbreaking at the time and what Dr. Silkworth proposed. And, and, and it took years for, for the whole scientific world to come to that. That Wow, addiction is an actual illness. It is a physical thing. Uh, you know, Dr. Silkworth didn't have MRIs where they could look at people's brains and understand this. And actually, in alcohol, it was absolutely proven there's an enzyme that breaks down in the human body after a certain amount of alcohol abuse that makes it impossible to metabolize alcohol. And that's why so many of the things that are in, in this book and, uh, are later proven in, in the real world. But the thing about this physical allergy is that in addition to that, my disease wants to convince me I don't have that physical allergy, you know? I, um, I used to be a stand-up comic, a lot of people know that, and uh, there used to be another comic uh, named Ali Joe Prater who passed away, uh, and he would come up on stage with a bottle of beer in his hand, and he would look at the bottle of beer and he'd hold it up to the audience and go, you see this stuff? This, cost, this stuff's cost me my wife, my kids, my house, my job, my boat, my relationships, and he would look at the beer and then you go, I'm just going to give it one more chance. <laughs> and, you know, it gets a big laugh, but boy, could I identify. Could I identify both with the alcohol, because I'm in that program too, but really with the food. You know, how many times have I tried to convince myself that I could eat some certain foods, you know, especially during my relapse cycle, having been in program a while. You know, some foods I definitely understood I couldn't eat. You know, like that old Lay's potato chip head that, that you can't eat just one. Well, I definitely had foods I understood that about. And even in my relapse cycle, I think I stayed away from them for the most part. But you know what? That was also part of my denial mechanism. Well, I'm not eating the way I used to before I came to program. Well, of course, nobody eats the way they used to once they come to program. It messes you up even if you're back in relapse. But I was either gaining weight or not losing it and being significantly overweight. And, you know, I love that OA added that definition of abstinence that uses the phrase moving toward or being at a healthy body weight. I think it really rips at denial in people. Um, but boy, certain foods I tried to convince myself over and over and over I could eat, you know, and I would say, well, I think I could eat this certain food. I would eat it, and I wouldn't touch it for a month. And then I'd have it again. And then I wouldn't touch it for three weeks. And then two weeks, and then one week, and, you know, over and over, like it says in this reading. And um, what I couldn't understand, and, and, and again, I couldn't understand why I kept slipping and sliding, because, but the most important thing in looking backwards, and I could only see it looking backwards, is that way I was approaching the program was the reason I was failing over and over. I wasn't surrendering. I was negotiating. You know, I always say my, my disease always wants to get me to negotiate rather than surrender. And a great old-timer out here named Iris says, you can't surrender. You can't negotiate with your disease. It will win, and you will lose every time. 
and, and I can't agree more on that. And I've had sponsees along the way that struggled. And I said, you know what, Let, let's, let's work a little on the physical allergy here, and let's try something that other people have found helpful in the beginning. I said, well, you know, why don't we just try giving up sugar and flour for 30 days, you know? And they'd be like, oh, that, those foods aren't a problem for me. And I'd be okay, well, then giving them up shouldn't be a problem, right? <laughs> I mean, if my, when I was in my relapse, if my sponsor had said, I'd be to give up Brussels sprouts for 30 days, I'd have been, okay, okay, no problem. But, you know, how many of those things does my disease want to get me to, you know, dig my fingernails into and not let go? Because that's my disease's main job every day is to get me to deny the physical allergy and keep that mental obsession banging away at my head. And thank God a day at a time, 22-plus years ago, I got given that grace, and I know today I was given that grace. I didn't earn it, and I'm the only one who's going to give it away. No higher power is ever going to take abstinence from anybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. We're now going to open it up for readings, and I'm going to take a list on whoever wants to share on these three paragraphs. Maureen Kay. Maureen Kay. Yes. Who else? Stephanie N. Roz G. Roz G. Wendy M. Terry H. Terry H. Stephanie N. I've got you, Stephanie. And who was that last person? Thank you. Deborah P. Deborah P. Okay. Okay, I've got Maureen K., Stephanie N., Roz G., Wendy M., Terry H., and Deborah P. Marine Kay, if you want to start, and Stephanie, you'll get queued up. Uh, good morning. Thank you for leading the meeting, and thank you, everybody, who's on the line. Um, why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences are shown in that one drink or food means another debacle with all its attendant suffering and humiliation. You know, when I'm in my disease, I don't see that there's all this humiliation that goes with the disease. You know, Nobody puts the food in my hands, the sugar in my hands. No one sticks fingers down my throat and makes me throw up. I'm the one that does all of that. God has to meet me halfway. I have to meet God halfway if I want to stop using. And um, it's true that even though you keep away from the disease for a number of years, if you do go back to the foods or whatever your addiction is, it will be stronger, way stronger, and it will just pick up where it left off, and I'm sure of that. I know that, and I'm in a few programs, and I know that I would, I would be just worse than I ever was before I stopped. And I am a 60-pound anorexic, a 10-times abulimic. I'm a better compulsive overeater, but 23 years later, and I'm still struggling with some other issues in my abstinence, I know that. I still have to work on this part of the big book, which talks about, you know, staying away from the first one. It's, it's always the first one that leads to the problem. It's not the second, the third, or the fourth. It's the first bite, the first laxative, the first this, the first that, that leads to the, the humiliation. And I'm grateful to all of you in OA and visionaries because I hopefully will find my way through some of the, the problems I'm having today. Thank you. Thank you, Marin K. Stephanie N. followed by Roz G. This is Stephanie N. of Recovered in Kansas. The reading today was reminding me of when I um, first started working with my sponsor. I 
had been away for about seven months, and I was really looking for moderating. Um, I, I thought <laughs> because of how the tools read that any plan, any food plan would work. And so I chose a plan where I could keep um, my binge foods and just moderate them. And um, when I started working with my recovered sponsor, she challenged that idea and, um, <laughs> and said, this is a program of abstinence, not a program of moderation. And um, I'd been working with her for about a week and it was my kid's birthday party, and we were having, um, I had two birthday parties that day. I got through the first one, and the second one, my uh, boys were having a sleepover party, and I put away all of the stuff, and this one little boy came up and asked for more ice cream. And he got some, went back downstairs, and I thought, you know, I can have just a little bit. Just a little bit's going to be fine. So I had a little bit. And, um, and I realized I wanted more, and I knew... Um, Oh my gosh, she's right. I can't have any. And it, that's when it really hit home to me. And so that night, um, I had about 10 11-year-old uh, boys here. And I, so I was up all night. And I was tired. And I wanted to eat. And I stayed up all night listening to um, Vision for You. And it was actually John, one of John Kay's uh, podcasts about relapse. And I don't know. I can't even remember what was said. But it just struck me and I finally realized I can't I can't take that bite because I don't have that option anymore I can't do it and I just got down on my knees and I begged God don't let me go back to the food and I haven't um, since that night and that was July 10th of 2016 and um, I'm just so grateful for every day of abstinence I've had since then in the recovery that um, I've had since then and so, anyways, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie N. Roz G., followed by Wendy M. Good morning. This is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I would like to focus on two words, or maybe three. The alcoholic, the real alcoholic. Okay, I am the real compulsive overeater, and I take me with me everywhere I go, and a lot of times in my recovery or my program, well, maybe recovery isn't quite the right, but a lot of times in my walk in Overeaters Anonymous, I forgot that I take me with me, because I belong to two other, two other programs, and this past weekend, um, I went to an AA convention with Al-Anon participation, and I went as an Al-Anon and went to the luncheon. <clears throat> and when I walked in the banquet room, there was a, a large slice of carrot cake on the table. You know, it was a round table, and there were large slices of carrot cake there for everybody. And <clears throat> I, I thank God that I listened to these meetings just about every day, and listen to the podcasts and listen to the special editions and call my sponsor and get a call from a sponsee and get 10-step calls because it reminds me that I am a compulsive overeater. I'm the real thing, and I take me to a convention no matter what program it is. So I know that if I had pretended, you know, that I was incognito and that those people at that table didn't know 
<laughs> I could have taken a bite. Nobody would have known, but who would have known? God and me. So I'm just grateful that I take that I that I can. I know I have the built-in forgetter. So I need to be reminded every day of what I am and that I have a physical allergy to that stuff. And when the chocolate cake came at the night banquet, um, that I abstained from that too and watched other people eat half of it and wonder how they could do that. That reminds me. I have that mind. I I watch others eat with uh, impunity. Um, But I have a a spiritual program. Thank God I get in that, that, that closet every morning, every morning, and I get in contact with God to be reminded to get power from God to to abstain from that stuff. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ross G. Wendy M. followed by Terry H. Uh, yes, good morning, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado and uh, grateful to be on the line. Thank you, Sylvia, for your service and everybody on the line today. And I thank God for the absence I have this morning. And um, I want to start with the word why. So why shows up quite a bit and the first in the beginning here. And I spent my life um, sitting on the why question. Um, Everything was, if I could just figure this out, if I could just analyze it, then I can control it, and then I've got it figured out. I've got it covered. Um, And why, I find, is not helpful at all in my program. And then they say, we know. So here's the deal. This is about our experience. This is about my experience. I'm not in the convincing business. So when I'm on the phone with somebody who's having a rough ride or anybody for that matter, or they're new, my job is not to convince them. My job is to share my experience with them. And it says here, um, we, we are equally positive that once he takes alcohol, whatever into his system, something happens, both in the bodily mentally sense, um, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. And that is my experience. So I don't have to figure this out. I'm not going to overcomplicate it. I'm not going to convince you of something. I just have to do, it says our experience of any alcohol will abundantly confirm this. Yeah, it's my experience. It's depth and weight. It's, this is, this is my story. This is what happens every time I put alcoholic ingredients into my body. Um, I cannot stop every time, not just sometimes. Every single time, you know, and for 15 years, I said I was abstinent, and I'd never even heard of entire abstinence, you know, and I read this book now, and I'm like, really, it says that? I read the book before, but I have no idea what I was reading. Um, It was just ink on a page. I have no idea what was happening. Um, And the other thing is that we do have a solution, and if you're having a rough ride, you're, you know, in relapse, whatever it is, um, this is the answer. This is the solution. Like the, we do have, as was said before, a disease and there's an answer. There's a solution. This is not like I'm going to go read, you know, 10 more books and figure this out. This is the solution. We don't put any ingredients into our system that are alcoholic. I don't. And if I do, I will go out. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Um, and I, I heard recently, you know, if you want the solution, if you want this program, a toothpick could sponsor you. It doesn't matter. If you want it, you're going to get it. You just lean into your higher power and take the action, not the thinking, the action. Uh, and with that, I will pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Wendy M. Terry H. followed by Deborah P. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, I have le- learned uh, listening to uh, podcasts and a vision that when I'm asking why, um, I'm looking for an argument. And, um, you know, all my life I was asking that question, why? Chasing that answer, why? Why, 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 why? You know, and I never, you know, it never worked. It never worked. I never found the answers. And, you know, just like it says, it's, it, we cannot answer the riddle. It was such a riddle that I chased after all my life. And then when I couldn't get those answers, you know, I went to the food. You know, I know today I'm powerless over my disease. And my life, you know, was so unmanageable when I was in my disease. You know, I have an allergy to certain foods and I had a mental obsession. And I worked these steps with another recovered person and um, to work on that mental obsession. And as a result of working through the steps, you know, I had that spiritual experience. You know, and today, you know, I, I try not to chase those whys. Sometimes I do. But today, you know, like a fellow in the program shared yesterday, I make that choice every morning to be tethered mm-hmm. to my God. And, you know, with that, I seek those answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I seek that direction. And, you know, it, by doing that, I'm not struggling with the foods and the food behaviors. I'm not struggling with those whys in life because that just brought me down into my disease around in that spiral over and over and over again. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful that, you know, I have this program, and it's a program of action. You know, it didn't come to me by osmosis or, you know, just going to meetings, just listening to a vision for you. You know, I had to do work. And, um, you know, I'm just really grateful for that. And, uh, you know, I don't chase those whys as much anymore. And, you know, I'm chasing uh, my higher power's guidance for me so that I can be a maximum service uh, to him, to it, and to my fellows as well. Thanks. I pass. Um, thank you, Terry H. Uh, Deborah P. Hi, this is uh, Deborah P. from California, compulsive overeater. Very grateful this morning. Um, you know, I, I just was struck. I'm going to keep this really short because I really, um, yeah. I, I've read this book a zillion times, and I've never noticed until starting to do this, these meetings, how much entire abstinence is quoted in the big book. <laughs> I don't know where I missed it. I don't know how I missed it. But, oh, my gosh, this just hit me like a ton of bricks. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into a system, something happens, both in the bodily and mentally mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. How did I miss this? How did I miss this? I've read this a million times. And I missed it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. So it doesn't matter how many times I read this book, something's always going to jump out at me. And today, that's that's it. So I just want to share that. Thank you very much. And I pass. Thank you, Deborah P. Okay, we're on page 22, second paragraph. It starts with, why does he behave like this? We're going to read through three paragraphs, ending with, 
will abundantly confirm this. And who wants to share in those three paragraphs? Leah S. Leah S. Kelly T. Kelly T. I love that pause. Who else? Ashley P. Ashley P. Lisa B. Lisa B. Okay, we we can go with that. If you are not Leah S., please mute. We're going to start with Leah S. and then go with Kelly P. And then we have Ashley P., Lisa B. Leah S. Thank you so much for service and thank you everyone on this line. My name is Leah S. and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I did ask myself why many times. That was the reason that I, I needed to come into these rooms because I needed to be in control. I needed to know why. I needed to have answers. And the answer and the solution for me used to be the food. And then when the food um, sensation wore off, I needed more food to be able to cope. I had no other way to cope. I had no other um, solution that, that would work for me. In order for me to be able to absorb this program and to understand it, the very first thing was that I had to put my food down so that I can get that connection. And I'm going to quote something that I read, something so beautiful. Um, If you want to get a radio station and um, there's static on that line, you're just not going to listen to that uh, radio station and you're not going to have that soundtrack in your life. But if you don't have that static, if you don't have that food clouding your mind all the time that is talking to you constantly, then you are able to get that connection with that higher power. You're able to listen to a new soundtrack, to able to open your eyes and see more clearly. Your mind is able to function more more thoroughly and 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 there's 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 so much um there's so much hope in that there is so much um uh humility in that there is so much that you can you can get um that kind of freedom if you put your food down and follow these steps step by step thank you thank you for letting me share i pass Thank you, Leah S. Kelly T. followed by Ashley P. Hello, everyone. My name is Kelly T. from New York City. Um, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh my gosh, I love. I just love these paragraphs. I just love the big book in general. It's my Bible. Um. Oh wow! Like when I first called myself abstinent, I was not. I finally wasn't binging and purging. And I, I was calling myself absent because that's what I knew at that time. I thought that I only had to put the food down. I never knew that, I never understood or knew there was, there was such thing as the entire accident. 
So the fuck at the time, I had nine months without bitching and purging, and I was like, what is going on? Why am I so crazy still? Why am I doing these crazy behaviors? I'm not eating, I'm not binging my ass off or purging, so what is going on? Well, thankfully, I was still consuming ingredients that was not good for my body, that I'm allergic to. I was still eating stuff that has sugar. So, of course, I might be crazy. But I didn't know, I didn't know that um, that that I had to give up everything entirely, even the ingredients. Only until I met my current sponsor and I watched her recovery. She didn't even, she didn't have to impress me with anything. I just watched her do her um, program, that that draw me to her. You know, it's not about promotion. It's about, um, I forgot the word that we use, um, but it just, the way she worked her program, I was just um, drawn by her recovery. And, and I asked her, what are you doing that is giving you that peace, inner peace that I don't have? And when she told me that she was working the big book, and I just loved the way she was doing the program that I let go of my, of my old sponsor to work with her and receive that entire abstinence, that gift, that freedom of the composure and freedom to be present, to be at service to others. Because when I was um, not binging and purging, I was still crazy. I wasn't sponsoring. I graduated. I was saying, oh, I graduated. I'm done. No, I'm never going to be finished. I still got to work the program. But now that I'm in clarity, I, I I do better choices. I do better choices, and I'm here for fellows. I'm able to help people outside of program and inside of program. And that's a gift from, from the Bitbook. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kelly T. Ashley P. followed by Lisa B. Hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Um, good morning, everybody. Super, super grateful to be on the line today and um, grateful for everybody that's doing service this morning um, and really, really grateful for these paragraphs. Um, I don't know that I have a ton more to add than others have said, um, but I, I do want to speak about my experience, which is that my experience is that the why is really, really problematic. Um, it's been problematic in the past, and it can pop up in abstinence today. Um, but asking why everything happened, why my life went this way or that way, um, why I couldn't be like other people, um, that's really what kept me out and and took me out um, because Although I wasn't working a program like this, um, when I first came into OA, I had some sort of a program and began, began de- developing some sort of uh, a relationship with my higher power and, and the, the constant questioning of, of why um, and listening to that, listening to the fear, um, eventually uh, Eventually, I it, it took me out and I left because I was listening to my brain instead of just putting one foot in front of the other and doing the next indicated thing. Um, so I really like these paragraphs because to me, um, the big book is giving me the relief to stop asking why because it's saying that it doesn't know, that we cannot answer the riddle, 
Um, and so, uh, but then in the next paragraph, it, it's, it's saying this is, this is what we do know, that um, you have to get entirely abstinent, um, that I have a physical allergy, and um, that I, I cannot eat certain foods because I will always, always binge on them, and I will always go back into my disease um, but for in a larger sense that often I can just um, stop asking why because there are things that I'm not going to know the answer to and move on to the next idea, which is what I do know. And um, what I do know is that I can ask God to relieve me of trying to figure it out and just do the next indicated thing. Um, so I'm, I'm, grateful for these paragraphs that remind me that, and I'm grateful for um, my fellows on the line that remind me that, uh, and yeah, I, I thought I will pass and, and wish everybody a really beautiful day. Thank you, Ashley P. Lisa B. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, this is Lisa V. I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New York City. This is the first time I shared on Vision, so it's kind of exciting and nervous for me, but I really felt moved by this, um, these three paragraphs, and I, I think it's because it, it's just um, that whole mental twist and the allergy of the body, just like everyone has been saying, the allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, and it wasn't until I, you know, put down all the, you know, trigger foods that I have until I, with my sponsor's help, really figured out what they were like diligently figured out, you know, and kind of surrender, did a complete surrender. Like I just cannot eat these foods that I was able to um, get abstinent and start um, doing the steps and working, doing the steps through the big book and working the program. And, you know, I remember it just immediately brought me back to this, um, this uh, something that happened to me. And this is a while ago that I had a, a longer period of, of abstinence and I ate one small little bite like literally just one little bite of a um a non-abstinence you know food for me and I was just off like in a matter of seconds I was just off on a binge and remained on that kind of binge purge cycle for a long time until I you know went to treatment and you know if that's just not an indicator that I just I I can't I can't even just have one I I have that that um obsession and once I go into the non you know foods that I, I just cannot eat and it wasn't until I just really truly you know surrendered that I was able to you know stay abstinent and and, and just all the gifts that come with that that you know I was just thinking um last few days just the amount of peace that I have in my life and that my behavior is just not so crazy that I'm not screaming at people that I'm not, you know, thinking about myself so much and all those character defects, you know, seem to take care of themselves as I continue to work the steps and really just truly stay connected to my higher power. And um, I, I just, I love this program. I love um, Vision. It really has helped me a great deal. And I'm really grateful to have shared today. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, Lisa B. Um, I have time for probably three or four. So who would like to share on these three paragraphs on page 22? Chris G. from Carson City, Nevada. Chris G. 
Justine P. from Washington Justine. State. Justine P. And Melanie from Atlanta. Sherry KB. Uh, Jim M. Okay, wait. I I got plenty. Uh, <laughs> I I have Chris G. Justine P. I had a Melanie. Was that Melanie yes. C. or someone else? Melanie C. Okay. And um, and then there was a fourth person before Jim. Jen M. Can I be heard? Jen. Yeah, Jen M. And then was there also a Jim? Yes, Jim M. Okay. So we'll see how, how far we get. Chris G, Justin P, Melanie C, Jen M, and Jim M. Let's go for it. Chris G. Hi, Chris G. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Good morning, everybody. I am so glad to be on the line today. Um, I, I will keep this short. I am just amazed at all of the wisdom I am hearing and I'm no, it's awesome to know I'm not alone in, wow, kind of, and I say this often, but wow, when do they put that in the book? Because I've studied it numerous times um, in good studies, but like numerous people have said on the line today, for some reason, and I truly believe that it is divinely guided, vision just opens my eyes. I don't talk all the time on this line, but I'm on it Monday through Friday most of the time. I might miss a day occasionally from, from appointments, but I am on this, and you guys are seriously changing my life. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Christy. Christine P., followed by Melanie C. Hi, I'm Justine. Um Pavoni from Washington State. Whoops, I said my last name. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, I really needed to hear this because, uh, like somebody uh, first said in their share about being the negotiator, um, I've been negotiating uh, for since Saturday and obsessing about a certain thing and my disease tells me um, that you know it's not as bad and you're doing so good it seems like I can get about three weeks of real clean abstinence and then I start negotiating um, but I so I just needed to share that today that uh, you know my disease is alive and well and talking to me and um, I'm full of fear um, I'm flying out tomorrow to meet my biological dad. I'm almost 50, well, I am 52, going on 53, and um, I'm just full of fear, um, so, which is uh, probably pretty normal and human. <laughs> but, um, so I got to be on the phone today. I got to be talking to my people um, to get me through this because, um, you know, I have a living problem because if it's not food, it's something else that I pick up. So I appreciate you all being here and just thought I needed to get on the line and be honest with myself and with other people. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you, Justine P. Melanie C. followed by Jen M. Hi, this is Melanie from Georgia. <clears throat> I'm a compulsive eater. And Go ahead. That reading really speaks to me. Um, someone suggested last week that I look at the doctor's opinion, and um, it just really kind of 
said hello. <laughs> Even though, like they said, I've read it a million times and I know it, but it just really reminded me as I'm coming back to OA that um, it is an allergy, and that's exactly what it is. When I think about the few things that I have allergies to, if I ingest any of those things, it's immediate. I have an immediate reaction. And so with the, um, you know, with the very few, there there are a few binge foods that I have that I'm allergic to, but compulsive eating is really my issue. So I could compulsively eat almost anything um, because if I'm eating when I'm not hungry, I'm compulsively eating. And I'm eating over feelings. I'm eating over being anxious, being tired, being sad, being, um, you know, lonely, whatever whatever the case is. And I just learned at a very early age to soothe myself through food. And so it's taking me, you know, years and decades um, to, for it to become automatic, not to reach for food, but to reach for the right solution. And so I thank you all for your comments today. It really helps to hear that I'm not alone and that there is hope um, and that I have the option, you know, that, that, that brochure that says, you know, before you take that first, compulsive bite. It's like that's where it stops. Um, you know, uh, one is too many, a hundred is not enough definitely applies to me. And when I when I share that with people, when they ask me, you know, oh, well, why don't you want such and such? And I tell them and they just kind of laugh and they say, I hear you. You know, they don't even have to be in program. And so sometimes just saying that out loud not only helps me, um, you know, lighten up the conversation and, dip and, and um, pivot away from the food, but it helps to remind me this is why you can't eat it. Let other people eat it. There are plenty of other people that can. Um, I'm struggling a little bit because um, when I first came in the program for the first 10 years, I lived by myself. And so I didn't have to have any of my, you know, anything akin to a binge food anywhere near my house. And my family used to tease me that they would have to bring their own, you know, their own certain kinds of snacks and that kind of thing. And they just knew that, so they did that. Um, and so now that I'm married with a teenager, um, it can be a little bit more challenging. And so I have a wonderful opportunity to learn, you know, to get ESH from other people who are who are traveling the same road or who have traveled the same road, um, you know, along this journey. So I just really am grateful for the program, really grateful that they included that in the book. So that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Can I leave Thank contact you. information, or do we do that on this call? Uh, if you stay after the recording, please introduce okay. yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Melanie C. from Georgia. And if you are not Jen M., please mute your line so we can have a uh, very quiet line. Jen M. followed by Jim C. Hi. Um, my name's Jen M., and I'm recovered. Uh, and I'm from Indiana. This is my first time sharing. Uh, just a couple things that came to mind is not the whys, it's how. Um, not even the what's, it's how. Um, my experience has been that food so much isn't the problem, but me being selfish and self-centered and not leaning on a God of my understanding is the problem. Me wanting to run the show is the problem. Uh, there are some foods I abstain from, uh, more because I have an outside issue of a health condition and I can't have those things. But any time that I'm off, I immediately do that 10th step. I shoot a 10th step email to my sponsor 
and uh, there are the questions, uh, am I selfish? And she told me that the answer is always going to be yes, because I want people to be different than who they are. I want to run the show. Uh, so that that's what has been going through my mind. And I'm really grateful that people are pausing before they say names, because I'm I usually can't go to this meeting because I'm at work today, I'm at home, but even if I were on the live meeting, sometimes I don't want to share because uh, I'm overwhelmed by people walking all over each other, hollering um, their names. But I'm, I'm appreciative of the person who leads the meeting because it seems like that's always handled with such fortitude and grace. And so thank you for your service. And with that, I'm in. Thank you, Jen M. And Jen M., we have two minutes for you. Star one, Jim. Uh, hi, this is Jim M. from Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Um, you know, I just, for me, thank you uh, to the chair for this and the fellowship, and um, just grateful to hear everyone um, because it just brings me back to uh, center on how special this amazing group is. So, anyways, going into the reading, you know, it makes me realize that, you know, abstinence in in my program is so so crucial that it just takes that one opportunity um you know to pull me right back in and it, it you know it's an illness of the mind sorry that's my rooster on my farm i apologize um but uh you know it's an illness of the mind and uh, a vacancy in the of the spirit so you know going back to that and and readings like this just make me realize that you know in that moment of challenge it's going back to my higher power to redirect myself and pull myself in um and and you know i'm so grateful for that uh it's progress not perfection and uh, i'm just you know thank you all and i'll pass thank you jim m that is all the time we have for our um, shares. And thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you for team, to Team Wednesday for uh, an amazing uh, meeting. Thank you for your service. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, by the, uh, followed by the serenity prayer. And please make sure that you stay after the recording. The, the meeting is not over. It's just a recorded part of the meeting is over. We have uh, newcomer sponsors and announcements. So, uh, Will uh, Carrie S. please read A Vision for You? Thank you, Sylvia, for allowing me to do this service. Carrie S. recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others this is a great fact for us abandon yourself to god as you understand god admit your faults to him and to your fellows clear away the wreckage of your past give freely of what you find and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny May God bless you and keep you.